0: Anchored in reaching is for curious people who want to explore the story that God is writing in history, and who are looking for their own place in that story to find meaning and vibrancy in their life and vocation. I'm Kevin Manoia. Join me each week as Susanna Fleming and I probe the edges of faith and living, always in relation to God who knows you best. For some, it'll be an opportunity to anchor yourself more securely in your faith. For others, it'll be motivation to reach out to engage more broadly. In either case, these conversations should encourage, enlighten, and challenge you. Hey, everybody. Man, it's really great to have everybody back on this one. And uh, Susanna is here with me. Hi. Hey. Yeah, say hello. Good, good. And uh, I love getting together and talking about these kinds of things, and I sure hope that as you listen to these, uh, you are inspired. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the term apostolic, which is potentially a really divisive word. And just when you heard that coming out of my mouth, I know that an awful lot of things came up in your mind and you've already picked sides and you already have faces and names and you're already ready to cast your vote on exactly what it is and it is divisive it is controversial and all of that stuff but we're going to tackle that because i don't know susanna and i just like to tackle stuff like that right
1: yes we do <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this word apostolic susanna you know when you hear that word what what's the first thing that comes to your mind and how do you respond to that
1: Well, the first thing that comes to mind are all of the potential things that could be coming to everybody else's mind. So, and you might be one of those people that feels like, oh, I'm picking a side. You have a strong opinion about this word, or you may be someone who is like, that's kind of a weird word. And I know I've heard about it or read about it, but it kind of weirds me out or I don't really know what to do with it or how to place it. Um, So yeah, when I think about the word immediately, I think about certain conversations that are happening in the church right now about... Um, apostolic movements, about whether or not it's appropriate to um, have these traveling apostles with apostle on their business card, you know, apostle Kevin Minoya. Um, I think about my father. I, by the He'll, way, I
0: don't have that on my business card. I just want you no, to know. he does <laughs> That's just, good. <laughs> good
1: point of clarification. I wouldn't mind,
0: um, but, you know.
1: <laughs> but you you do see those people that maybe they don't even have a leadership position in a church at all and they're like, oh, I'm apostle so and so. Um I think the term just gets thrown around and it's so nondescript. Like there's there's not a common understanding of what it means, which is why we're having this conversation. Yep. But personally, um, I also recognize that, like my father, he has helped start multiple ministries. He oversees multiple churches as a spiritual father. He is a pastor to pastors. And I've always understand understood that to be um, an apostolic gifting as well. So, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts around it, but I know that this is probably a good point for us to start defining what it means.
0: Well, and maybe the outcome of this whole conversation is that people walk away with more questions than answers, and frankly, that's not a bad thing. If if we can break down some of the the boxes and lines or some of the categories that people have, have established around this and try to demystify the word and the idea and make some people realize that the rigidity with which they approach an understanding of this word may not be the full understanding of the word. I mean, let's take, um, you know, just to be real, uh, in the mid-90s, as I led an entire denomination, I was calling it overtly to becoming an apostolic movement. Right. And and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. When you think about, for example— The whole idea in the history of the church. 2,000 years we've been talking about uh, apostolic succession. Many churches have a very high view of ordination in maintaining apostolic succession. And even in the Catholic Church, of course, the apostolic succession of Peter and down through the successive popes and the bishops and so forth
1: unpack apostolic succession for people listening.
0: Well, what that means is that Peter was the first pope basically, and everyone after that then is in succession to the papacy or to the the to the pope. In other words, there is a process for determining who will succeed the first pope and the second the next Pope and so forth and so on. So there is this idea. And in ordination, for example, um, there are many church traditions that will not ordain someone unless there is someone who is already ordained in the episcopacy or in the bishop's role, who is laying hands on the next person. So there you have the succession of those being ordained. Some churches just go out and they say, hey, you know we're we're 250 people sitting here somewhere. You know, and none of us is ordained. So let's get together and lay hands on somebody. Well, that would, in many people's minds, break apostolic succession. So the word apostolic has that historic meaning. And then, of course, you get into some of the church traditions. I mean, some of the black church traditions use the word apostolic very easily in multiplying churches and in 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 um, in connotation of a authority, some of the churches in Latin America, the apostle or the apostolic leader. And then, of course, in the gifting, what is the gift of apostle and how is that used in the new apostolic reformation? And and you may remember Pete Wagner, you know, and in his descriptions of what uh, apostolic and prophetic working together. Well, I guess what I'm saying by all of that is that this word can be really misunderstood. It can be really divisive. And frankly, it can be really abused. And if anybody latches on to this word as if they have the definitive answer to what it means... Uh, chances are they've just limited it and they don't understand what it means. And Mm -hmm. it's much worse when they then take that word and they judge someone else or they use it to abuse someone else. That's the most dangerous use of that word apostolic. And we Mm got to be careful that we don't think that somehow our tradition, our understanding, we got a leg up on it, we're more spiritual, and so forth and so on.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say because I hear it thrown around a lot as a, a criticism or, you know, They shouldn't be believing that. But if you if it is true that there are all these different definitions in the way that you just described it, then we really have to get clarity on what another person is even meaning when they use that term in order for us to even properly assess whether or not we agree with them.
0: Absolutely, and frankly, um, in as I look at this idea of apostolic, I remember when I was leading that denomination, and people would ask me, "Well, well, we've not heard that word before. What do you mean by that?" And you know, I tried to do a little bit of a deep dive to understand. I mean, the whole book of Acts is very apostolic; it's very going. Apostolic, apostolo, the sent ones, the going ones, and those who are validating and sending. I mean, that's a very dynamic, powerful work of God in people's lives, but so many times, The um, movements today, churches today uh, tend to limit an understanding of this to their own institutional or movement orientation or their own kind of uh, superiority. And they begin to treat it with an arrogant attitude. And that becomes really dangerous when somebody thinks they know it or they have it and then they assert it. So, for example, you know, I, I was working with a group of people not long ago that were asking me to talk about what it means to be apostolic. And frankly, it's the first time in 43 years of ministry, anybody's ever asked me to publicly talk to them about or preach about being apostolic. And as I got into it and began to understand it more and more, and as I embody it and 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 feel as though God is working through this gift today as much as he ever was. And frankly, there are people who believe that it isn't a gift today that is relegated to the past, right? It's not even yeah, active Yeah, which you might
1: have to come back to. Yeah,
0: well, we can, we can do that if you want. But but so, so think about this. That that there are an awful lot of people who think apostolic means, you know, kind of superiority and control and directing and power and personality and all of that stuff. Think about this. Being apostolic is not about power, it's about empowerment. Being apostolic is not about authority, it's about humility. Being apostolic is not about control. It is about release. Being apostolic is not about directing. It is about validating. Being apostolic is not personality, danger, danger, danger. It is about others. Being apostolic is not about accomplishment. It's about influence. Being apostolic is not about visible outcomes. It is about the unseen being apostolic is not about the gift it's about the fruit so all of a sudden now as i begin to understand now i can see how all of these manifestations of this term um often can be misused if we don't keep the foundation of what it really is squarely rooted in god's heart god's gifting and in the nature of who God calls us to be.
1: Yeah, I all of those statements are really important for us to apply as we're considering this. I, I want to take a step back and even talk about where this term comes from. Like, I think there are some people listening who don't really even fully understand that. Many of you have probably heard Ephesians 4.11, which refers to the five roles that God has... Um, set up in the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. Um, It actually doesn't even say pastor, by the way. It says shepherd, which is important because we get in a lot of you know, conversations about what a pastor is in the church and people use that word and it's not very helpful, but that's for another podcast. Um, so that's where I know that it's talked about. Are there other places that you want to reference or?
0: Well, I guess I would go back to your earlier statement that there are five roles that God has set up in the church. Really?
1: Uh, <laughs> well, there's more than that. Well, are there? Okay, <laughs> good, good, good. But, I just want to make sure we're
0: not limiting ourselves.
1: Yeah, we shouldn't limit ourselves. But I guess, and maybe you can correct me on this, but I always go back um, to those five roles as um, roles that equip the saints for the work of the ministry, as the verse says. Um, so there are tons of ministry roles, but those are five What about that are hospitality? In... Yeah. So then you have the spiritual yeah, gifts roles.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So then,
1: I mean, this is, you know, there are so many branches we could take this conversation on because people talk about the fivefold ministry. They really elevate these roles. Maybe we shouldn't do that at all. Maybe we should take the different passages where Paul talks about spiritual gifts and even references gifts that he doesn't entirely list and understand that there is just a manifold of ways that God can work through people to build up the saints and when we get too attached to a specific verse we really limit ourselves
0: isn't that cool you know it, <laughs> and again we become so so enslaved to our our boxing up the bible and trying to make it say something that that maybe is too small i mean you know if mm-hmm. you were to take the conversation about the fivefold gifts well a majority of the world, a majority of the Christian world, they would not reduce it to fivefold gifts. They would not reduce it to five, four, fivefold roles. There are a lot of church movements that think of it very differently than that. Uh, some have looked at the Bible and they have pulled out of the Bible those roles, but 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 there are many that haven't. And and we've got to give God permission to be God even over Scripture the scripture is an instrument by which God has expressed himself. And we want to talk about that in another podcast. We want to talk about how the word of God is more than words and more than the Bible. Um, uh, God, God has used these words in Scripture to help us understand. But let's remember that that God is so much bigger than the Bible, and 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 let's try to ascribe to God's heart and God's possibilities that they may go beyond the categories that we read into the Scripture.
1: Right, yeah, that's a good reminder. So what I'm hearing you say is we shouldn't try to make a formula out of every verse, um, but we should let God be God. And what I'm also understanding is that maybe we need to not try to make the apostolic into some kind of concrete, um, because I, I've only really heard about it in the context of the fivefold, right? I mean, that's that's been my upbringing and my understanding. And I, people really latch on to that. And for some people, it's really helpful. And for some people, it's really problematic. Uh, I think we could probably not even choose either side and just zoom out a little bit and say, okay, this is in scripture. Um, what does apostolic mean? And how does it show up in the church today? And how do we I don't know. I maybe I'm getting stuck on it, but where do you where do you generate your definition of what it means to be apostolic? Do you generate yeah. that from the apostles?
0: Right. Well, that's a really good question. And frankly, I think that is probably the most important question because um, at the risk of doing what we don't want people to do that is to try to define something with a level of precision Mm -hmm. and intellect that it takes the spirit out of it what we want to do is say okay god is in a relationship with humanity redeeming saving restoring us right making us new, a new heaven and a new earth, renewing God's vision in us, restoring God's uh, image in us. So God is doing that in highly relational ways. That manifests in us in experiential ways. We have an anchor, we have the absolutes. We understand God is not going to God doesn't change, but 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 God works with us in this highly relational way, and we each will experience God with some nuanced differences. So when when I understand the apostolic nature of God's movement through people, I am understanding it through the lens of my experience with God. Now, it may be that someone else who has an experience with God that is much more, uh, maybe categorical or much, much more organized or, or, or even intellectual, they're going to understand the concept of the apostolic nature of God and God's church through that lens. So we mm. got to understand that we are experiencing God through different lenses, that is our own lives, as he works with us relationally to renew God's image in us, and then everything that we talk about, everything that we read in Scripture, everything that we live is going to be shaped by that lens of our own experience and our own uniqueness. Now, if that's true on the individual level, it's also true on what I call the stream level, or the church level, or the group level. So we have groups of people who get together in large, some people call them tribes, or some people call them denominations or streams, and they get together and they have sort of a common way of looking at things because they have some generally common experiences. And so they are going to develop a common lens through which they understand the apostolic nature of God and God's church. That doesn't mean that it's better than the one in the in the Free Methodist Church or the Assemblies of God or the Baptist or the Catholic uh, or the Orthodox. It means it's different because the experiential nature with which we experience and live God's fullness in being restored in God's image through Jesus Christ is going to cause us to see God and God's manifestations through different lenses. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. It does. But I, I still am curious— where you generate that understanding of what the apostolic is like do we look at the life of paul and um just mm. come up with certain details about his life do we look at that verse and put it at the top of the fivefold because I- i'm aware that it's a helpful word to describe a certain type of ministry expression um but people are so stressed out about this word that i really want to get back to the root of like yeah. why are we using that word specifically
0: well i i you know frankly we use the word because it's in the bible right <clears throat> and uh and it's a good word and and it has fundamental meaning uh, to be um, sent, the sent ones. Now, whether it's actually the ones who are sent or um, uh, or whether it's the validators, um, but I'll just tell you how I came to a, a deep uh, comfort with this word in my own tradition and uh, is is as, as I wanted to drill down on this, because in my tradition, it was a word that wasn't often used, uh, and it was a word that was, uh, in some cases, elicited some fear. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think that word should elicit fear in anybody. So mm-hmm. the, where I started is I, I wanted to read the life of Jesus— And I read the life of Jesus, particularly through the book of Matthew. And you can read it through Luke or Mark or or John. John's a little different. Um, And then immediately I followed on with the book of Acts. And so as I read through, as you read through the book of Luke, who also we understand probably wrote Acts, you're getting this common view. And so you read the life of this person, Jesus, the God-man. And how Jesus engaged culture, engaged people. And then you see how the Holy Spirit empowered others to go and engage. Well, rather than light on one verse or two verses or even a chapter, I wanted to see what is the nature of this book of Acts? And upon reading that and seeing the general tenor of it and the movements of God through the book of Acts, all of a sudden it helped me to understand personally that apostolic is much more than a narrow definition of a particular verse or activity.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I love how you're describing that. Uh, at one point, I took a spiritual gift test and apostolic showed up at the top. And I remember you know, wrestling with that. What does that look like? Does that mean that my future is always planting churches or, you know, and I, and I know I've talked to you about this, Kevin, um, mm-hmm. because that's, that's a role that you have played and a gift that you have, um, whether or not we define it as a classic mm-hmm. spiritual gift or not, it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. Like, can the Holy spirit work through you in that way? Do you have, um, that grace, I suppose. So I was wrestling with what that meant. And as I'm hearing you talk right now, it, it, it is a relational gift in that you respond to the Holy spirit as he moves you forward to advance the work of the kingdom in the world, whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to look like, um, some narrow definition of it. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes,
0: absolutely. Advancing the work of God in the world. Yes, absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So I guess I would say to people who, I mean, there's a couple categories of people, people who feel like they maybe have that gifting or maybe they're in a church that defines itself as an apostolic church. Um, what would you say to those people, Kevin?
0: Well, I guess I would say, first of all, uh, embrace uh, God's work in your life to be used as an instrument for bringing his kingdom near.
1: With right? humility.
0: With you, yeah. uh, <clears throat> Yes, absolutely. With humility. The fruit, you never operate in the gifts apart from the fruit. Those two, they just, you you never do. Um, So I guess I would say to people like that, embrace God's work in you for advancing God's work in the world through the person that you are. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't allow people around you to impose a definition on this word that does not resonate intrinsically with you. And consistent with the fruit that God has put within you, as being people of sound character, humble, and permeable to the Holy Spirit.
1: That's um, really good.
0: It's it's so easy to listen to people teach and impose, and then you lose. You know, we sort of check our brains and and we and we sell our soul to something that's external. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: that's really good. And then. I'm also curious what you would say to people who, and I know that this is opening up another conversation, but there are people who don't believe that um, apostles, like that the, the apostolic movement ended with Acts, right? That's what they would say. Um, we don't necessarily need to go into it, but I'm wondering if there are people who kind of land a little bit more on that side, a little bit more cessationist. What do they do with the word apostle or apostolic today? How do they still find space for that in their lives?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I, I have to plead some level of ignorance because that I'm not one of those, right right? I believe that that and I certainly don't want to speak for people um, that that can speak for themselves. Um, but I guess what I would say is um, uh, whatever this is, that you and i are calling apostolic please by whatever word you ascribe to it let god do that through your life hmm. right if you don't call it apostolic let god do what god wants to do through your life in advancing god's work in the world call it another word if you want to um i i don't want to i don't want to. To, to put words in other people's mouths, but please be open to what God wants to do through you.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's so well put. And it really, I mean, we talk about this a lot on this podcast, but language can get so just difficult and it's so important that we ask good questions that we define things in conversation because you might talk to somebody about this tomorrow and they might have a completely different understanding of what the apostolic is but at the end of the day our heart on this podcast is to let god be god and to do our best to partner with what he's doing and so um Like I said earlier, I I just find that this word creates such a barrier for people. And my heart is exactly what you just said, Kevin, that people would let God be God, partner with what he's doing and not get so caught up in the definition of a word. And if you're from one of those traditions that you mentioned that um, this word is described, you, you spoke about it earlier, people who maybe are more inclined in their personality toward defining things. Um, I don't know that we're necessarily putting shame on that either here. I mean, we don't want to put shame on anyone, but we're not necessarily negating that. Like, that's also what would you say to those people that's another category of listeners
0: <laughs> yeah we can go through a whole list of people right yeah. well I guess I would say to people who tend who are more inclined as you so gently and graciously say um, who are more inclined to put things into categories please be permeable and generous when you look at people who think differently or approach their 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 ex- their living of God's um, spirit through them differently than you. Um, mm. And frankly, that might be a little difficult because a lot of times people who think a little more categorically might be, it might be more of a challenge to accept people who aren't so. And I just ask please operate in the grace of God, recognizing the diversity that exists in the kingdom and the diversity that exists among the people of God. Uh, out of which we do find unity.
1: Hmm. I think that's a, a beautiful statement and maybe maybe a good place to wrap it up.
0: I think so. I think so. Yeah. And I hope, I mean, this one particularly, Susanna, um, there may be people who have been hurt by, by church leaders or pastors or other people who have somehow abused this word over them. Or they have been either hurt by it or they feel strongly that they're indifference or something. Um, I guess I would love it if people would want to email us and uh, and at least express that. I, I would want to do our very best to get back to anybody who does that. Um, but I realize that this one might be, as much as anything else in what we talk about, the source of some folks feeling that the church has either abused them or hurt them. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I, I just feel I, I'm sorry for that. I'm very sorry yeah. for that. And we certainly want to extend a hand of grace and generosity to those people so that God, through the Spirit, may heal them of that hurt. And if that's the case and you want to email us, please do it. Podcast Mm -hmm. at Mm anchoredinreaching.com.
1: Yeah, very well said. Um, Kevin, will you pray for those people as we end this podcast? Love
0: to. Lord God, you are so beyond us, so much greater than we. You are other. And in our limited efforts... We attempt to try to understand even a portion of who you are and how you work through us. May we, O God, never feel that we have a corner on the market or an edge over others. I pray especially for those, Lord, who perhaps have been hurt, hurt by the church, hurt by church leaders, hurt by peers, others in their small group, over this very issue. Would you minister your grace, your comfort, and your deep, deep soul healing in the crevices of their being? Oh, God, I pray your anointing and your blessing and your generous touch upon them. In Christ's name, amen.
1: Amen. We'll see you guys next time.
0: Let me encourage you that who you are is more important than what you do. The lure of defining yourself by your performance is stronger than you might think. So join me in upcoming weeks as we explore the whole leader God created you.